KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. So, COVID 19 vaccinations have really become a center point of American life these days, with a lot of people wondering if the people around them have been vaccinated or not. So, when is it okay to actually ask the question of someone if they have gotten the COVID vaccine? How should you handle it if the answer makes you uncomfortable? Does the appropriateness of the question depend on the situation and the person? A lot to unpack, and we do so with Dr. Deborah Tsai. She is a senior associate dean of the Klein College of Media and Communication at Temple University. Give a listen. So when did you start thinking that this was going to be kind of a flashpoint, kind of a discussion point on how to handle questions about vaccinations when did you start thinking this is going there is going to be a significant need for these conversations in our society oh early on (laughs) our news certainly has brought a lot of attention to the need for these kinds of conversations because that's such a flashpoint throughout society anything related to covid so how do you think this should be approached um because I will say I've had a couple times where I have just almost reflexively asked people if they've been vaccinated, not almost in small talk way. And it's kind of led to awkwardness. So how mm-hmm. does this should this be approached? I'm assuming there is not a one size fits all. It depends on who you're talking to in the setting. Oh, it sure does. Um, the setting makes all the difference. There's an article I like to point to on this by Bill Donahue and Mary Dietz. It was published in 1985, and it talks about how and when you can ask people to do things for you. And uh, it's really talking about directives, about um, if I ask you to go get me a cup of coffee, can I do that? Well, it depends on the context. It also depends how I ask you. If I say, Matt. Could you go get me a cup of coffee? You might go, go get your own cup of coffee, right? Um, but if if I know you really well, I might say, Matt, you're getting a cup of coffee. Could you get me one? If we're working really hard on a project, I say, oh, I'm so tired. Would you mind grabbing me a cup of coffee so we can continue, Right. So it depends on the context of the situation. It depends on our relationship. Um, depends on how long I've known you. The first time I meet you, I might say, Matt, would you mind doing this for me? Could I? Would it be okay? So think about it in terms of COVID. If, if I know you real well, I might say, hey, you got your vaccine? I got mine. Just curious. And we know each other well enough to say, yeah, yeah, I got mine or no, I didn't and know that that's going to be okay. It also has to do with the right that I have and the role that I have. If I'm your boss, maybe I can ask, but that's also confined by legal aspects. But the other part of it is the the context. If you're coming into my office I'm working here. I might, and we're having a meeting. I might say, so if you've not been vaccinated, I would rather that you don't come in, right? That's an indirect approach to letting you know that this is not okay. So you can show up or not. You don't have to tell me. 
Um, if you're walking into my house, I might say, have you been vaccinated? Because that's my context. That's my area. I have the right then to ask you whether you've been vaccinated or not. So really, it comes down to the relational history. Do I know you? And how long have I known you? It comes down to the role and the right of the speaker to ask, have you been vaccinated? And then it has to do with the context of, of vaccinations. So the context of the object or the act. And the more rights that I have because we know each other really well or because I have a role, the less careful I have to be. But that's still really driven by respect. And when people don't respect each other, then that becomes a serious problem. I'm curious because I came across this. We went away for a few days and there were a couple times where I was getting on an elevator. And somebody else was getting on an elevator and they didn't have a mask and I'm vaccinated. But uh, you just have these because I have a nine year old. And do I have a right to say, hey, have you been vaccinated to a total stranger who I'm going to share now? I'm being extreme here, but you're going to share an enclosed space for 30 seconds. And, you know, you could have dozens of interactions like that a day with complete strangers. Uh, and that's going to lead to a lot of awkwardness, but there's also the question of comfort on your end because what somebody else does affects you and boy, it can get exhausting. Sure can. Um, I like to think about Brown and Levinson's politeness theory. Politeness theory says that every culture has ways of being polite, but how they're polite is very different, Right. And I think of that in this context, in part because they, they talk about the idea of mitigation, that there are ways that we soften a request. So the example of the elevator, it's one thing to say, hey, man, put on your mask, right? That's, that's pretty boldly on record, and and you can expect somebody's going to react even if they like to wear a mask or prefer to wear a mask. Be like, well, who are you to tell me this? Right. So politeness theory says that that there are ways of being polite. And again, this goes back to the relational history. Your friend walks on the elevator and you go, hey, man, put on your mask. And they go, oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. Somebody you don't know, they get on and and they're not so happy about that. But there are ways then to mitigate that that offense or the directness of what you're asking. Even saying, hey, I have a nine-year-old. It's really important to me to keep my nine-year-old safe who can't be vaccinated. Would you mind putting on a mask? Right. So now you've used a number of polite forms. You've given a reason, number one. You have asked, made a request of the person instead of demanding, right? And so those are ways to soften that blow that are respectful of the other person, but still make that request. It's not that you can't make the request, it's how we make it that makes such a huge difference. But the other part of this is <laughs> the cultural piece of this. And that is that different cultures, different um, ethnic, ethnic groups and so on may approach directness very differently. For example, I used to live in China and work there. And people would say, 
you're very healthy. How much do you weigh? <laughs> or they'd say, you know, you have a good job. How much do you make? Now, those are co- questions that I would find uh, a little overly direct because for Americans, that's not really an appropriate set of questions to be asking people. It's invasive. It's none of your business, right? Um, and I think about that as well with asking people if they're vaccinated, that there may be cultural or, or social differences in the acceptability of uh, how direct you can be. Hey, are you vaccinated? Doesn't necessarily mean an uh, invasion of privacy. It may be just a, hey, I'm curious. So giving people the benefit of the doubt of why they're asking, I think, is always a good thing to do as well. You ask somebody if they're vaccinated, let's say, just for the purposes of this discussion and this exercise, it is someone you work with, but not somebody that you're closely working with, not someone in the next desk or something like that. They say no, you're not comfortable with that. Should you end the conversation there? Is it worthy to have a conversation to try to find out why not and maybe you feel like you could push uh, push them in a direction you want to go? Is that uh, just going to lead to escalating conflict? Uh, you know, what would you say for situations similar to that? I would say that asking respectful questions is a good way to approach that kind of subject. Ah, uh, you're not vaccinated. I'm really curious, given all that we know, why aren't you vaccinated? Could you tell me what goes into this? And, and you know, it may be that they say, oh, politically, this is a bad thing and, and you're not supposed to and, and we don't know enough about the vaccine. And you may totally disagree with that. But the more questions you ask, the less you're likely to get into a confront, confrontation, the more understanding you may have of where this person's coming from could also be that the person has health issues that uh, a doctor has said, right now, I think you should hold off. Well, if they're taking the doctor's advice, maybe we can cut them a little bit of slack, even if you don't agree with what the doctor has advised. Um, But I think asking questions and seeking to understand makes such a big difference in approaching it rather than quick judgment, which we are doing a lot of these days in our political climate. And I'm interested because we're in this weird spot where, you know, your health decisions, I think most people think that they are your own business. And, you know, I don't need you to know what medications I'm on or how often I go to the doctor, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody outside of an intimate friendship or relationship would even go there. So I can see the reflex for this to fall into that same category. But when you could make other people sick, it puts it into a completely different silo. And I guess is the I feel like a lot of what we talk about is directed to not offend the people that aren't vaccinated who are putting themselves and other people at risk. Is there a point where the conversations turn and we should be taking more consideration for the people that are vaccinated and trying to do the right thing? It's hard to know why it's hard when when we do understand and know the science and know the understanding and so on of why vaccinations are so important for covid 
knowing what it will do for our country, what it will do for the economy, what it will do for our ability to gain freedom and to actually get on the other side of the spread of this pandemic, especially as we see numbers going up, up, up again. But there's the sort of thinking with our heart and there's thinking with our head and and science is not where everybody lives and facts are not the same in terms of our exposure to them. I, you know, and, and so it's, even though it's so easy to judge people for not getting vaccinated, I think it it's more constructive if we figure out how we can change the narrative rather than making it about my freedoms or about, um, you know, this group is doing wrong. You know, what has changed in people's hesitations in vaccinations recently is they're starting to get sick again, right? Those who are not vaccinated are the ones where the numbers are rising. And the states that were resistant, we see are starting to come around, right? And and the most we can do with somebody who is really resistant is to say, I, I say this because I care about you, not because I'm trying to push a right or wrong political opinion, um, but that I don't want you to get hit with this variant or another variant. Um, and then respect the decision that they made, even if we don't agree with it. I'm not sure if that answers your question, <laughs> but... Maybe it maybe it gets at some of that. Well, it's just amazing. Have we ever had anything like this in our lifetimes? Uh, a topic like this that is at the same time personal and and public because of the ramifications of it. Before our time, I was just talking to a doctor at Temple Med School who said who was talking about the chickenpox vaccination. And that the chickenpox vaccination, people were resistant to get it until they or to have their children get it until they realized that they wouldn't miss a day of work because their child was homesick if their child got vaccinated for chickenpox. It came down to the economics of a family household. I can go to work and not miss work and not miss part of my paycheck if I get my child vaccinated. Well, that's where it makes a big difference. It's one thing to be able to talk about freedom when you don't know anybody who who gets sick. You know, one of the big questions that comes out again and again on surveys about vaccination hesitation is, do you know anyone who has gotten COVID? And there's a high correlation between people not getting vaccinated and not knowing anyone personally who got, who actually came down with COVID, right? And so people who know people who have had COVID are much more likely to go get vaccinated. And so it's those states where the rates have been low and now are taking off because people aren't vaccinated, where there's starting to be a shift also in the vaccinations. So, you know, you hate to say, well, wait until people start getting sick and you'll change your mind. You know, we're trying to prevent that from happening uh, when we're trying to encourage people to get vaccinated. But, you know, if that's what it takes to convince them, 
then so be it, you know. It's interesting because we don't know where this is going to go. You know, there's talk of booster shots, maybe needing a shot every couple of years. We still, that still has to be determined. So if this is to be an ongoing part of our life, mm. at w- how long do you think it takes for this to become mainstream where this question isn't fraught with all these, you know, conversations that could go all different ways where it just, we all get vaccinated. You mentioned chicken pox. We all get so many vaccinations when we're kids and it's just done. It's not a, it, I mean, there is an anti-vaccine crowd, but they're in, for the most part, they're a fringe, but you know, it it is not controversial. It is just part of, the, the steps to be part of a society, you know, if this becomes a, something where we have to go back every couple of years, uh, how long before this question kind of loses its third rail status, you think? <laughs> oh, I hope soon. Um, I think the political climate's going to have to change. If we look at other countries, right, you get the anti-vaxxers or you get the, you know, some places where there's the political climate. But you also can look at a lot of countries where they simply cannot get vaccinations and they're desperate for them. Right. And, And when you have people dying and you have people seriously sick and you have the, um, disease going rampant and people are not allowed to get it or can't get it, they have no access to it, then suddenly the scarcity of it becomes the bigger issue. Um, I'm hopeful that some of the discussion might change when, say, Pfizer is fully approved, uh, because that's one of the hesitations. There will always be, I think, that group who are completely resistant. Some of the research that I've seen has has said, you know, you have the hesitant people and then you have the refusing people. The refusing people you have to treat very differently than the hesitant people. The hesitant people are waiting for compelling arguments and compelling evidence that this is going to be better for them and not worse. So some of those hesitations, whether it's misinformation and so on, uh, can be overcome, I think, with time and and repeated compelling arguments. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know when the political part of this for the Americans is going to subside because it's been politicized so much from the start. And it's interesting. We're starting to see companies... We'd already seen like universities put vaccine mm-hmm. mandates in place and we've seen people fired. We've seen people pushed out because they don't want to. It seems to me that as this kind of domino effect and, you know, I think what well, in New York City to go in a restaurant, they're going to make you have to have proof of the vaccine. And it gets harder and harder for people that don't want to get vaccinated to kind of take part in everyday life. How much do you think that will break things down where even people, I think that will push a lot of the hesitant people in one direction, but do you think it could even crack into those resistant people who all of a sudden can't work, can't go to their favorite restaurant, you know, have to do all, jump through all these hoops just to go to a drugstore or whatever. Uh, Do you think that could really make a dent? A dent, maybe. (laughs) I'm not sure it'll make a, like a a change in people's behavior, in part because where we see the greatest 
resistance to vaccination is in parts of the country that are not at all doing those kinds of things. In fact, are in, um, you know, giving credence and power to people who say, you know, I shouldn't have to wear a mask. I don't have to get vaccinated. I have my freedoms. I have my rights. It may affect some, although I think there will probably be enough restaurants open that somebody can say, fine, I just won't go to your restaurant. Right. And there, I don't know about the person who works at a company that says you must be vaccinated. What happens then? Do they switch jobs or do they finally get vaccinated just angrily? I, I don't know what happens there. There may be a few who comply, but I think anytime you tell Americans, especially, you have to do this, there's going to be some group that says, you know, group of people who say, no, I don't. I'll find a different way. <laughs> That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. <laughs>